It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, just win, baby. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday. A jam-packed show for you guys. We'll get some NFL news and notes. Falcons getting some love nationally. And, of course, uh, we will get you set for the college football weekend ahead. But lots to do here today on the show. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give that thumbs up and like to all the content there as well. I hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. Uh, we went to bed last night, probably post maybe 11 p.m. And, well, Braves are tied for first place in the National League East. Yes, that's right, folks. The Miami Marlins did their job. and. Beat the New York Mets last night. Braves took care of business against the uh, Washington Nationals. And so we now have a tie with one game left before we get to this huge series between the Braves and Mets. So uh, with tonight setting up the way it is as far as, you know, the schedule is concerned um, with one game each left where Tonight, the Braves will start Jake Odorizzi against Josiah Gray, and that's a perfect matchup for Jake Odorizzi because Josiah Gray is terrible. He's given up more home runs than anybody else in Major League Baseball this year as far as starting pitchers are concerned. And Miami starts Jesus Luzardo against Taiwan Walker of the Mets. So there you go. Uh, I anticipate the the three team, the two teams rather, will, will enter into this three-game series tied uh, as both teams will win tonight. Uh, if one of them loses, that'll be – Rather shocking, but all things considered, we wouldn't be surprised to see anything of that happen. Now, the big sort of cloud, pun intended, I guess, hanging over this whole series is Hurricane Ian, um, which may alter the location for this series or at least the timing of it. Because um, Hurricane Ian is expected to bring heavy rain to the Atlanta area this weekend as the storm continues to move. And while these two teams still have three more games left after this series, the Braves take on the Marlins and the Mets take on the Nats. Um, you know, this is a scenario here where they want to get all three games played 
on time. You don't want to have to do it in a doubleheader fashion or anything like that. Um, there is no talk right now for Major League Baseball of them moving anything, either location or uh, day, because both of the teams have an off day on Thursday. So it would make a lot of sense to get a game in on Thursday, Friday, and then maybe have a rain out Saturday. And then finally you get the Sunday night game, which is, you know, the big television broadcast on ESPN. That may make the most sense, but nothing has been been said yet. Um, there has been talk or at least rumblings of possibly moving to a different location altogether to play the games. And and some of that is both the Mets and Braves deciding, hey, do we want to waste an off day? Because what has happened now for both of these teams, we talked about this yesterday, was that they've both set up their rotation. So the loser of this, who gets the wild card, ends up having their two best starters going right on day one of the of the wild card round. And uh to shift anything by a day, not necessarily throws all that off, but it could. And that may be part of the reason why nobody wants to move this to a Thursday. And they would say, I'd rather play it off site, go play it in Texas or somewhere else uh, and, and play the game that way than have to move it forward a day. That that could be the case. Who knows? Uh, I don't have 100% clarity on that and no, we haven't seen any reporting of it one way or another. Look, I mean, does it matter when the when the game itself is played? Does it matter where the game itself is played? Like you have to be better than the Mets on a lot of different occasions. You're gonna and most likely you'll see them again after this series. I mean, if you had to bet on, is this the last time the Mets and Braves play in the postseason? Yay or nay? Well, I would probably say yay. I think these are the two teams the most that have the best chance to get to the World Series. Why? Because of the one-two punch that they have in the starting rotation. That's what this ultimately boils down to. And I've said it, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I said it on a couple of national shows this week. The Spencer Strider thing concerns me. He is the only other pitcher in baseball that gives equitable levels to DeGrom and Scherzer. Freed and Strider are right on the tails. And I mean right on the tails. The only difference is, is that DeGrom and Scherzer have done it longer. But right on the tails of, of both of those guys as far as a one-two punch. I don't think there's another another starting tandem. I mean, could you say Verlander and Frambo Valdez in Houston? Yeah, I don't really. Frambo Valdez doesn't exactly invoke, you know, the whole level of, of uh, fear that, Strider and Freed do. So uh, beyond all that, you know, this is a big deal. So these two teams are going to play again. Uh, they're going to meet again, I think, in the postseason at some point in time. These are the two teams that I give the best shot to win the World Series, to be honest with you. For as formidable as Houston is in the AL, uh, I still would put those two starting staffs, Mets and Braves, right up against the Houston Astros. Is from the American League, because I don't think anybody else in the AL is going to get there. Crazy enough to believe, maybe Seattle. And their one-two punch of Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo with the lineup that they have that's been hitting really well, and they're hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, I think I think all that stuff is important. But regardless. So they have a big series coming up, obviously, and it feels good that they are in the position that they are in. Didn't seem possible, obviously, on May 31st when they were 10 and a half games out. But here we are. Uh, and... You know, 
we get going for this huge, huge series that's supposed to start on Friday. I don't think anybody should be too bummed out, by the way, if they have to move this thing. I know it's annoying and frustrating that it wouldn't be at Truist Park or anything else, but, you know, Major League Baseball has really got to make a decision soon, and they're so bad about this. Like, they're they're so slow with this stuff. Uh, they're going to wait till the very last minute, and if they have a rain out, you're going to end up having to put it on the other side of the Marlins series, you know, uh, and the Nats series. I mean, you know, there's so many other factors uh, of doing this. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. All right, coming up here, um, things I was dead wrong on during the football season. But first, a word for my friends at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, games, and lines. Find reviews and news of every league. Told you so much about the NFL and college football. There's great content there on where the edges are and the value is in some of the bets. Of course, you got Major League Baseball and the playoffs coming up. Uh, NBA right around the corner. NHL, the same two. Combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered with it all. Head to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we are three weeks into the NFL season. Um, and now that we have 18 weeks, I think it's kind of, you know, we used to divide everything into fours because there were 16 games. Even though there's 17 now, but you got 18 weeks. You kind of can divide things every three weeks and look at where you are as a, as a measuring stick. Uh, and there are some things that I was dead wrong on in the Major League Baseball season. Major League Baseball, sorry. The NFL season uh, through three weeks that I'm, I'm – kind of rather surprised about, uh, at least from my point of view. And again, feel free to make fun and insult me along the way with this. But um, one of the things I was dead wrong about, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Anybody know who the uh, best rush defense in the NFL is? Yeah, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Anybody know who's given up the second fewest points in the AFC? It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that defense is better than than I could have ever thought. Uh, it's better than, I, than I'm giving it credit for. They have absolutely um, spent the money on that side of the ball to make themselves better, but it's paying dividends in a very, very large way, uh, allowing 55 rushing yards per game on the ground. And that has nothing to do really with any of their opponents. I mean, they played legitimate good running backs this year. Uh, Gibson from Washington. Taylor from Indianapolis and Eckler from, from LA, the chargers. It's not like they face soft running teams, you know, they, 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 they faced good running teams and, and they've shut them down. So uh, I was not expecting to see the Jaguars be this good defensively. They are. Second thing I was dead wrong on, and you'll, you're going to laugh. And when, when you hear this, but maybe it's just me and it probably just is, but, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, it's time for me to sell my Carson Wentz stock. I I can no longer back him. Uh, As much as I was in love with his talent uh, and his skill set, he just cannot put it together anymore. He's had multiple opportunities in multiple different stops right now, and he just has not been able to elevate back to that level that he was prior to his injury his rookie year. Can't explain it. Can't understand it. But – He's very much not the quarterback that can elevate 
to a higher level. And that was really evident more than anything uh, in the course of the last two games that they played. You know, I mean, the numbers were there. Uh, he threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns against Detroit. And then last week against Philadelphia, he threw for 211 yards and zero touchdowns. Didn't throw a pick, but that's not really the point. The point is, is that he's just not making players around him better at this point in time anymore. And he's only averaging 6.6 yards per completion. That's not a high number. You want to be in the seven or eights as a quarterback. I mean, it's really where you'd like to be. If you're going to win games, you got to be at like seven. If you're going to score points, you got to be at like seven. And so I just, I look at this and you guys all say, yeah, you should have sold it a long time ago. Fine. I just haven't seen anything from Carson anymore that leads me to believe that he's going to be able to elevate. He's just another quarterback in this league. Um, Next thing that I was dead wrong on, that's the New York Giants and particularly Brian Dayball. And I don't want to say I was wrong on Brian Dayball. I was wrong on the Giants. I mean, guys, here's how much coaching matters, okay? And I've said the same thing with Arthur Smith. We'll talk more about him in a minute again. Um, But when you bring in a coach, okay, that knows what they're doing and that understands scheme, personnel, understands you know, the opponent that you're playing and how to find holes and exploit them. You look at this team, this Giants team. One, I would have never start, thought they would have started out 2-0. Uh, I would have never thought that they would have, all three of their games would have been a one-score game. Uh, and they won two of them, obviously. I just did not see this roster being able to be this competitive at this point. And they're competitive because of the coach. And if you watch the games, and I do, You can see in the play calling, you can see in the scheme how they take advantage of things. Now, if you get coaches like this more talent, i.e. saw what Brian Dayball did in Buffalo, well, then you're talking a whole different level. I.e. saw Arthur Smith in Tennessee, then you're talking a whole different level. But what what, what it proves is that coaching is so important in the NFL, it keeps you in games or it takes you out of it. It makes you better or it makes you worse. And... The Giants, I think, will be a team that's going to be competitive, much like the Falcons all year long, might not result in a lot of W's. And even though I'm very scared about them this week taking on the Bears because, well, you know, uh, it's just an ugly spot. And on a short week, too, no less. That all said, I I, I think that they're going to be a lot more competitive than I thought. I thought this might be a four or five win team. And maybe they're a six or seven win team, which is fine. But still, you can see how much coaching has a major effect on the team. Something else I was dead wrong on. Um, Russell Wilson really thought it was going to be better. I thought it was going to be a much different scenario for uh, the Denver Broncos this year and Russell Wilson. Uh, And you want to just talk more again about coaching. As I just said, dear Lord, Nathaniel Hackett's awful. He's flat out awful. Uh, and, And, but the problem isn't even Hackett. Russell Wilson has nothing left in the tank, it looks like. Like, there's just nothing to him anymore. He looks like a shell of himself. And I thought this would be a guy that was going to really change around this Denver offense to go with a competent running game. And maybe coaching has something more to do with it. But regardless, I can't really put it all on coaching. I mean, Russ is just not making plays. You know, this is a... a, uh, 
Denver offense that scored 16, 16, and 11 points. You go figure it out. And two of those 11 points were a safety by the Niners. So nine points. Like, come on. So I don't know how this gets fixed in Denver. I don't know how it gets better. Um, I actually like the Raiders this week, even though they're the only 0-3 team. Um, Yeah. This is not a spot here where I can trust Russell Wilson anymore to make guys better around him. I don't know what's changed. He's got a, a, a very good receiving core. He's got a capable tight end. Uh, there is there is a sustainable running game there, and there's just nothing otherwise. It's bad. Uh, and again, maybe a different coach would be doing something different. We don't know. But I don't think necessarily Pete Carroll was the best offensive coach in Seattle either towards the end of Russ's tenure, and he still made plays. And he still looked like a guy that was going to make everybody around him better. And you're just not seeing that in Denver. All right. One more thing that I was dead wrong on here uh, through three weeks of the NFL season. And that is the aforementioned Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, This was the team that I picked to finish first in the AFC West. Uh, And I guess I overestimated Josh McDaniels. Um, And the disappointing part is that they could have absolutely been 3-0 to this point instead of 0-3. They could have. Um, you know, the, the, the loss against the Chargers in week one, uh, they had a chance to, again, make it 24-21. They missed a two-point conversion there at the end um, and to give themselves a chance to try to get the ball back. But, you know, they, they struggled in the second quarter of that game. They didn't score any points, and – They weren't able to move the ball all that well, but they end up losing that game by five. You know, every single game that they've lost has been a one-score game. They blow the 23-0 lead to the Cardinals or the 23-6 lead, whatever it was, whatever the the number actually was, 23-7, heading into the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, and then, of course, they get a defense. The Cardinals get a defensive touchdown. It wasn't like it was a fumble by Hunter Renfro. And then, of course, they lose 24-22. They dig themselves a little bit of a hole, 24-10. Um, against, uh, what do you call it? Uh, against the Titans have a chance to tie it with a two point conversion, um, and don't get it. And so they lose 24, 22. So they, they've just been a little bit slow to get out of the gate and they're starting slow offensively in the first half. Uh, yeah, guess what? That's coaching, man. That's preparation. Like you appreciate the adjustments that are made and everything, but it's not something that you would expect from a team with this much offensive talent for them to be this slow in the first half of games. You know I mean? For crying out loud, your first 15 plays are scripted. If you're not executing those well, then, then nothing else goes right from there. You know, th- th- those are the ones you're supposed to get right early on. You know, that's why the Buffalo Bills have gone, I think, nine consecutive games now with a first score, a first drive touchdown. Because they execute and they they plan really well and they prepare really well, so that's a big part of it. And that's not happening for the Raiders right now. And I, I, it may be too late. I mean, they're only two games out of first. I get it. 0-3 looks ugly, and I know the percentages are making the playoffs at the starting 0-3. I get it. Um, I'm not saying that they will, and I don't even think they'll win the division at this point. The Chiefs may get it just based off of attrition alone, because Denver is terrible. Uh, LA is going. The Chargers are going to charge her, and they're banged up beyond all belief with Justin Herbert being hurt and. The Raiders dug themselves a, an 0-3 hole here. 
So, yeah, I mean, n- none of this has gone well for anybody in the AFC West other than KC at this point who did all, all three of those teams a favor by losing to the Colts this week or last week. All right, coming up next, uh, Falcons getting some love nationally and something that could impact their game coming up on Sunday. But first, a word from my friends at Coffee AM. Folks, you know what's in the mug right now? Coffee AM. Why? Because it's delicious. Every morning, I get up, drop my K-cup in there, my Coffee AM K-cup, and I get my coffee, whether it's from Kenya, Tanzania, Costa Rica, Colombia, wherever they're brewing it from. Coffees from all over the world, flavors and blends from all over the world. The freshest coffee you can get. Why? Because they roast it and ship it on the same day or close to it, and it's right here in Georgia, so you know it's coming to you fresh. And you're going to get proof of that when you open the box. You're going to smell how fresh it really is. Coffee AM only roasts current crop, specialty grade crops, and they get them from all over the world. But still, it is the best tasting coffee you will ever have. If you love coffee, you got to try this stuff. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Again, coffeeam.com backslash locked on and the coupon code locked on at checkout. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. All right, before we get to the Falcons, we have to hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Oh, every day we have to set somebody straight for saying or doing something stupid. Whack them right upside the head. You can do so as well on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, with the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to me, myself. So yesterday at the end of the show, uh, I was lamenting, you know, with this Braves-Mets series coming up, like, hey, what happens if they're tied at the end of the regular season and uh, they have to go to game 163 and decide who would you start? Do you start your best pitcher? Do you save them this time? The other, yada, yada. Hey, guess what, stupid? There is no game 163 this year. New playoff format. They're using the regular season record. Uh, as the tiebreaker to decide who wins it. So there is no game 163. I was not aware. I should have been. I was wrong. Exactly. Everybody on Twitter quickly reminded me, hey, there is no game 163. I'm like, really? Yeah, what did I miss? When, when did that change? Again, baseball just, you know, I keep, they're not very good with the PR aspect of things. They kind of fail at it routinely. This is not their fault. This is my fault. But still, you know, I thought it was something that uh, would have been a lot more publicized down the stretch. But I digress. Okay. Good news for the Falcons as Cordero Patterson named uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week uh, for his efforts in the game in the win over Seattle. Starting to get a little bit of national love, a little national recognition. But in reality, again, as I said yesterday, that award should go to Arthur Smith. Really should. I mean, I, Cordero Patterson is probably out of work right now if it wasn't for Arthur Smith. And I don't say that like necessarily as a pejorative against Cordero Patterson because I think he's, again, he's, he's always been a talented player. But nobody would have found this role for him other than Arthur Smith. In the last two years that he's been able to use him um, and the way he's been able to use him, tell you all you need to know 
about the coaching staff. And that's it. You know, I mean, there is no way that Cordero Patterson is doing this for any other coach other than Arthur Smith. Maybe Kyle Shanahan. But the Falcons scheme, their blocking, the way they go about things. That's why Patterson is the third leading rusher in the NFL with 302 yards. Twice this year, he's set career highs for rushing. Once in week one against New Orleans, and then against Sunday in Seattle. That's why I said continually, run the student to the ground. I don't care. Run him into the ground. Use him, squeeze every last ounce of juice out of that lemon. And I'm not calling him a lemon, but you get the, the analogy. Just get as much out of him as you can. I'd be surprised if he lasts and holds up all 17 games. I'd be more shocked about that than anything. But what I do think is that using him in that manner as often as you can is the reason why the Falcons can continue to be in games, stay competitive, because running the football is so, so critical, not only to most team success, but particularly Arthur Smith's team success and the way the scheme sets up for what he wants to do. I mean, that is, in a nutshell, why Arthur Smith really has changed the scope of this Falcons offense. And, you know, something I want to get into um, tomorrow, and, and I saw this stat, and I, I have to do some more research on it, but this is going to be really interesting because, um, you know, the the big plays this year through three weeks, the Falcons are like top 10 or, or top seven, I think they are overall, in big plays, both in the run game and the pass game. And that's something that, you know, good offenses do. And I need to go back and look, but I need to look at where what Arthur Smith did for Tennessee with big plays and how he was able to handle it and what he made, what made them so successful from an offensive standpoint and how that's starting to show up with the Falcons. I do know this much um, as I'm pulling up some of this stuff right now as we're talking here, but um, you know, the, the amount of big plays that they were able to execute last year um was was nil right um and this year already it is starting to become a little bit more of a factor for them so i got to do a little bit more research on it but i think it's something that's incredibly uh pivotal uh when you talk about explosive plays and the metrics that they use and everything else uh and and how it works and I think Arthur Smith is really, really good at that. And that's something that's going to be uh, a big part of it. Also updated news for the Falcons as they get ready for Sunday. Miles Garrett's going to be questionable. He was in a car accident, for those of you who didn't follow this. Um, and they're listing him right now, I think, as questionable. But he may, not, he may not play on Sunday. If he doesn't play, that is a huge lift for the Falcons and their ability to win this thing. Don't think so? Go check out uh, Pittsburgh's defense without T.J. Watt in there. And let me know what you see. Huge difference. That is a major, major play for the Falcons if he is not in the lineup. Like, that is something that that can literally affect the outcome of the game and should affect the outcome of the game if he can't go. We don't know the status yet, 100%. He could feel better by Sunday. It's only Wednesday. Still got Thursday and Friday. You'll know if he practices on Friday in some size, way, shape, or form uh, how he is. But – 
the Browns may turn around and say in favor of a longer season, let's not rush him back right now. Let him rest one week against a team that many perceive may be offensively inept, even though the Falcons are not, um, and see if they can try to sneak by with a win. That may be the case, but that's a, that's a big deal if he's not going to be in the game. All right, that'll do it for us today here on this Wednesday edition of A to Z. Again, give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Follow the entire network at Locked On ATL. Check out all the shows on Locked On Sports Atlanta, A to Z, Hitting Harder with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones, as well, the Braves Postcast, uh, Locked On Falcons, Locked On Hawks, all the great content here. Don't forget we're on Roku TV on your Amazon Fire Stick. So if you get Roku TV or however you get Roku TV, uh, make sure you check out Locked On Sports Atlanta every day there as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up to all the content, and we certainly appreciate all the love and support you guys have given us here at Locked On ATL every single day. Back tomorrow with another edition of ADZ. You guys have a wonderful Wednesday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.